This is Memoir, a podcast where we take the stories you've been hearing your entire childhood, from your parents and grandparents, and turn them into an immortal audio record. Our storyteller this episode is Claire Payne, better known by me and the rest of our family as Posse. This episode is a gift for Posse for Christmas from her daughter, Terry. But really, it's a gift to all you. Posse is a master storyteller and has been her whole life. And today, we'll be hearing one of her infamous nine-block stories. We join her today in the parlor of her birdhouse near Knoxville, Tennessee. No, they're nine block stories if they're really long in bed. Then they really want me to stop. So what's the good one? Eight and a half blocks? That's kind of what we're aiming for, an eight and a half block story. Eight block story. What what is the city we're actually in? Vinor. Vinor, Tennessee. And I live in Rarity Bay. (gasps) Rarity Bay. Rarity Bay. This is my birdhouse. Why do you call it the birdhouse? Well, it's on the third floor, and it looks out on the world, and you can see the mountains and you can see the lake and it's on the golf course and it's up high and it's small, relatively. Smaller than my place in Houston, but bigger than a tiny house. (laughs) Bigger than a tiny house. It's a nice condo. It's a pretty, it's a sizable place, I would say. Yeah, but it's a bird house. It's a tidy little bird dwelling. Our goal today is to get you ranting on some story. When I get, oh, okay. I want to get one started. Okay, you, so You figure out what you want to know, and then I'll make up the story. A couple things I want to start with. First of all, I call you Posse. We all call you Posse. Mm-hmm. That's your grandma name. Mm-hmm. Everybody calls me Posse now. It's all your, your f- fault. Your friends, too? No, no. Yeah, just, just everyone else. Two of my sons-in-laws call me Posse. That be, would that be Scott and Greg? No, Greg calls me Claire. Oh, <laughs> fair enough. Scott, Scott and Chuck. Oh, Chuck calls you Posse, too. So I'll tell the story of Posse as I remember it, okay. as I've been told it. And then maybe you can tell the version as well. I know, I and, know the version. And I want to tell the... I also want to get the Seapaw story. I think that was the funniest thing that I've ever witnessed ever. And I want that story to be on tape. Okay. Your name is Posse, and... It's I, spelled P-O-S-S-I-E. Posse. That's right. Well, we tried, we tried multiple spellings. You tried a lot of different spellings. The first to do spelling it. was capital P A, capital C. Posse. And that was more in line with what you originally wanted your grandma name to be. Hmm, uh, my well, grandma little... name was supposed to be Mom C. So I was told that as a young baby, me, Andrew, first grandson, eldest grandson, best one, <laughs> yeah. was. I got to, I was sort of being told what your grandparents' name should be. We have Poppy, who is supposed to be, that's supposed to be short for Papa, Papa Patrick, or Pop, Pa Patrick, or something Pop, like that. Pop P. Yeah. Or Pop, Pop Pain, Pop, or oh. Pop Pat. Yeah, Pop Pat. Pop, Pop P. And then, so Poppy, that's not a hard one. That's an interesting grandpa name for, uh, for a white grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> and then you were supposed to be Mom C, which is supposed to be short for like Mama Claire. Mm-hmm. And that didn't work out. I was told this is Poppy and Mom C. And I was like, Poppy and Posse. And then that one just stuck. That's right. You walked in the back door one day and you very clearly looked at your granddad and you said, Hi, Poppy. 
and you looked at me and you said, hi, posse, <laughs> and that stuck. <laughs> that was that. There was no going back. Much later, I heard that you were, and you'll have to remind me of the details of this story, you were in roller derby back in the day? Is that where the CPA name was? No, but that's a good idea. No, we, I worked with my friend Karen, and, and we worked in the same office, and there were several, uh, we sold real estate. And on the board- This is a classic example. I already foot and mouthed this. Completely misremembered the story. Go on, sorry. But anyway, in this real estate office, there were several, several agents with the initials CP. And you always put your name, your initials in front of your transactions, which are written on a board. And so CP didn't do it. So we started making it C and the first initial of your last name. So we had C-P-E and C-P-A and things like that. And so the, uh, my friends started to call me CPA instead of Claire. They would say, okay, CPA. We called each other by our initials. So my friends' initials were K and B, and I called her Camby. And that was the way those went, initials. And so one day, many years later, and now you're an adult, and we are in uh, Bainbridge Island, Washington, far, far from Houston, many years after retiring, and my friend still calls me Sipa. And you were there, and you said, Sipa? You call her Sipa? I call her Posse. And so <laughs> we would never made that connection. But that's what it was. She calls me Sipa and you call me Posse. And that was just so weird that you had never noticed this after 27 <laughs> years, 26 years of being called Posse, that the connection had never been made, even when you initially even spelled it. And it was initials. P-A-C. Yeah, P-A All initials. Gosh, so funny. <laughs> it's funny. She thinks that's funny, too. We enjoy that little story because, you know, it's, What? How did that happen? <laughs> God, it's such a weird full circle kind of thing. We just did a whole lot of uh, Christmas gift unwrapping. Mm -hmm. And that's because you just moved from your old place in Houston, the, the larger house where you had a bunch of stuff. 48 and years. 48 years in that place. Do you want to talk about that house a little bit? The house is 48 years old, and I lived in it for 46 years, and I collected all kinds of things. I had 46 years of stuff in that house. And then in August, in this, I decided suddenly to move to near, to near Knoxville. And so I went back to my house in Houston and I packed it all up. But I had to get rid of half of it. Only half of it? Half of it. I brought most, the other half. What did you do with the stuff? I sold it in a, an estate sale, or I gave it to Goodwill. I heard that Kenan got a couple of guns out of the agreement. And Kenan got a gun, and, and Topper got a gun. That's funny to me, because I didn't know you had guns. They were a secret. I, that was I, a surprise. I had three. What were they from? One was, they were both Poppy's guns, mm. one of them. Well, one of them actually was mine. 
that I had, that my dad used to take me trap shooting when I was a kid. Where'd you do that? In Wilmington, Delaware, and we would go out in a field and shoot clay pigeons. So I had this small gun, little rifle, I still had it, so that was one of the guns. And the other belonged to Poppy, and he would go bird, bird hunting with it. He liked to shoot doves and ducks and mm. things at one time. So they'd been residing in the closet for a really long time. And then so Kenan somehow wanted one of the wanted the one that would actually work well. Oh, they still work? Oh yeah. And the topper wanted the smaller one, which I had because it wouldn't knock me over, you know, when I would shoot it. It wouldn't just knock me onto the ground. So uh, that's what I had. I had that little gun. So he, he took that, Dopper took that. I was quite surprised. And the other gun was a pioneer gun from pioneer days. It was a family gun, belonged to my great-great-grandfather. I don't know how far back, but it still had the powder horn, the cow horn hanging no. on it. Oh, my gosh. So those were the three guns that I had in my house, and you didn't know I had guns. Even now. I had ammunition there, too. Oh, good grief, Posse. I always thought to myself, you know, someone comes to this house to rob my house, I'll have to say, wait, 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 just a minute. Wait, I have to go, I have to find my shells. Just so hold on. <laughs> then I have to find the shells. I have to wait, they're up high, so I have to get them down. Hold on, just a minute. And I would get my gun. Then I would have to load the gun, and then I would have to say, well, let's see, do I have that in right? And then I would have to say, let me see if I remember how you actually shoot this gun. So I'd have to, you know, I'd have to ask any robber to be really patient with me. <laughs> so they weren't going to help me. No, probably not. No. <laughs> Protection wasn't really the idea there. But anyway. That's why I had three guns. Hmm. They were history. And now they're history. They're gone. They are. They are history. But they're preserved yeah. in a way. And they're in the family. Yeah. And I like everything to be in the family. But anyway, I got rid of a lot of stuff. But I tried to save one little thing as I went through for uh, my grandchildren. So I got one of those things was a old music box slash jewelry box what was it initially used for so it's got this soft pillow top mm. dark stained it's supposed to be back in the day men wore cufflinks mm. so it all those little slots are for cufflinks mm. or rings men wore rings and uh and tie clips a lot of it used to have a little leather strap across there that mm. where that little notches out the I you can see, where that see is it missing. was not brand mm -hmm. new. <laughs> it looks pretty old. It does look old. So anyway, it had a little leather strap across there, and it was for clipping tie clips on there because men wore ties every single day, and a different tie clip was pretty essential. So that's I, what it was for. I've had and lost exactly one tie clip. I lost it because I didn't have a box for it. I guess now I kind of do. Even though I'm missing that strap, I can... No, that's too bad. I had a bunch of tie clips. I should have clipped the ties, tie clips on it. These days I wear bow ties anyway, so originally, though. No. Bow ties count my five. I know you would never wear... Even with your snake tie, you would not wear a tie clip. What was the other 
other funniest gift given I liked first of all that box had a $50 bill in it just in case it wasn't good enough gift by itself <laughs> which was I thought was so funny because of course it was an amazing gift I'm so excited about it but <laughs> the extra $50 you know seals yeah. the deal for sure because so, it wasn't new no <laughs> <laughs> but the other gift one of the things that Kenan got was a clipping or an old piece of the wallpaper yes. that you found. And you had a notable wallpaper in your house that we all loved a lot. Can you, can you describe that? Maybe oh, tell, some, wait, tell the, a story the behind funny, that. Yes, that wallpaper was a funny story. When I put that wallpaper up, I had looked at a wallpaper book, and I wanted, in my mind, to have a simple wallpaper with pretty much a white background with just a few tree branches and I had a painting that was done by Terry, your mom, that was a silly rooster. And I just love that big silly rooster. And so I thought, well, this wallpaper has a really crazy bird sitting up in the branch. So that's like a goofy bird. So I think I like it. it's whimsical. So I said, okay, I like this paper. It has white background. It has just a few little branches of reds and kind of aqua and a little brown. Perfect colors, and it's just so simple. So I ordered this expensive wallpaper, and then one day I walked in, and the wallpaper hanger was there, ready to hang the wallpaper, and he had it all spread out, and it had a pagoda on it with two little boys and a couple and like a little bowling game set up. Little Chinese boys. I want, what is that? I've never seen those people. What, that isn't anything like the wallpaper I ordered. Then I looked and that just had not been on the sample in the box at all. So he's, the wallpaper hanger said, well, what shall we do? Well, I just paid for all this wallpaper, so we were going to hang it. <laughs> it was the right colors. We were going to hang that wallpaper. So he said, well, all right, then I guess you want this pagoda and the little boys featured around the top, uh, around the soffit of your kitchen so that it showed. No, I said, I don't want that. I want that silly bird featured. So he hung the wallpaper so that that silly bird that no one else noticed. No, I don't even remember it. I just remember the four people. I don't think I got the silly bird on on uh, Kenan's sample because I couldn't put any more, but that was my purpose, was the silly bird, and no one ever knew it. But it, the silly bird was featured all, all around the important part of the kitchen, but there was this pagoda with two cute little boys and a two grown-ups, and they were just kind of hanging over the little, little building, little outside, cute little, I guess you'd call it, it's not exactly a pagoda, but anyway, it was Oriental-looking, Asian-looking. So I used to tell stories all the time. I would tell some kind of silly story about these little boys, and I named these the grandparents that were standing there. So that was Poppy and Posse watching you, always some silly story about you playing this game. And so for some reason, it was just you and Kenan that got the stories. By the time Topper came along and Claire, 
nobody was interested in the stories anymore. So it was only important to the two of you, that wallpaper. <laughs> so that wallpaper had been hanging in my house for 25 years. Oh, my gosh. That is it is so funny because I still, even as an adult, you know, as a kid hearing the stories, there was not a doubt in my mind that the wall wallpaper was put up with the sole intention of that little boy being Andrew, that little boy is Kenan, there's Posse and there's Poppy. And you chose, you didn't choose those. They were those. They, yeah. they were just there that's because a, they were us. That's why we got that paper. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I didn't weave, weave that silly bird into the stories. Yeah, I don't because remember. Because I guess I would, it looked a little threatening. So I guess I didn't want to scare you about that bird because, you know, it could have been a vulture. Yeah, it, it, it could scary. have been a yeah. scary bird. I thought it was a silly bird, but I didn't make the bird part of the stories, I don't think. If you don't remember the bird, I didn't make the bird part of the stories. Anyway, when I was moving, I couldn't actually just cut a piece of that wallpaper out of, you know, sold the house Yeah. with the paper still hanging after 25 years. But I found this little scrap piece out in my garage by pure luck, and so I thought, but it was all torn, it was all torn up. The, the little boys, which were the important part of the piece, were not all together. They were all separate. They were, the, the paper was all cut funny. So I had to take it and glue it all together to make a whole picture of the little boys and the b little building because it was just a scrap piece out there in the garage. So I had to piece it together. So it looks a little rough, but still, it told the story of the little boys. And so that, that's how that piece of paper came, and it was just dumb luck to find it, and then just effort to put it together to make it have the whole story. When Kenneth opened that up, he almost cried. I was so touched he, and he loved it. And, again, and that got me and Claire going too. We were both barely holding it together. It was, it was the sweetest little gift and I'm thinking about it right now like a little bit. Like I also, I just also cannot, I, I love it. I just think that's so Look, special. Kenan had said again and again, oh bossy, I wish I could have a piece of that wallpaper. <laughs> you know, when I was moving, he said, oh, I wish I could have a piece of that wallpaper. But I had no idea I had a piece of that wallpaper. Yeah. I've got a memory of the magnolia tree on the front yard, climbing up and down that guy. It did. And that tree was really fun to grow up with because when I was a kid, when I was six or five or seven or however old I was, it was um, a challenge to climb it. It was. I could year after year get a little further up the tree because it was like a little did. taller and I could get up as high as I could and by you know by the time I was what 10. It was so dirty that tree was so dirty. It was dirty. filthy it was not just like it was like dirtier than a tree should be like I the don't branches. I don't know why just, it was so dirty. Yeah I remember that I remember that it coming because it would always come off in your hands but I remember having a couple branches that were like my favorite branches because mm -hmm. I could reach them but Kenan couldn't or <laughs> you know and so I would sit up here and top and Kenan would have to sit down there and uh, that was really great. And then one year, I remember coming back and going, this tree is so small. It's the tiniest little tree. A six foot tall man cannot climb this tree because he can step up the whole thing in three steps. And, and break every branch. And he break every branch go. on the way. Yeah, it was insane. 
Do you remember anything about that? Any stories about that tree maybe that I don't remember? Well, you love to go out and climb that tree. And I was always afraid he'd fall out of that tree because it was a big tree to a little boy. But, you know, I remembered loving to climb, climb trees. I had a tree that was my favorite tree. I had two favorite trees. One was near my house when I lived in Wilmington, Delaware. And I, I would go climb that tree and climb clear to the top. It had sort of little fork at the top. It was very leafy and I could sit up there. I could see everybody coming down the street. And I could spy on everyone. And they would never know I was up there. And I could take a book up there and I could read. So I loved that tree. So I, I wasn't going to deprive you of the fun of climbing that tree, even though your mother was not so pleased. But I thought, you know, kids supposed to climb a tree. And I had another favorite tree. It was down on the old family farm. It was a big old mulberry tree. Where was the family farm? It was in Tennessee, Pulaski, Tennessee. Still in the farm, in the family. It's been in the family since it was a land grant, a Revolutionary War. Still in the family. Wow. It's owned now by my, my uh, first cousin, my father's brother's son, and his sons will someday inherit it because they, they also love the farm. So there's at least one, maybe two more generations that that farm will stay safely in the family because it's been there since revolutionary. And there was also another piece of history on that farm. There was a, a battle fought uh, in the no Civil, Civil War right on that bridge into the farm. And when I was a kid, I always picked up arrowheads all over that farm. So anyway, I have a lot of memories of it, but there was a wonderful mulberry tree out there. And my cousin closest to my age would have died before she would have climbed a tree. She would always had on her wonderful little Sunday dress and her pretty little white socks turned down. And I was always dirty and in my shorts, and I loved to climb that tree. And so... I like dirty trees and trees, and I thought you should climb the tree. So that's why you were allowed to come and climb the tree with me, hoping you didn't fall out of it. I don't think I ever did. No, you didn't. You never did. But, you know, your mother was very nervous about it. I can't think why she didn't climb trees. But anyway, that's the story. Of the mo and that's still there. It's a magnolia tree. With nice green magnolia leaves and very dirty branches. It was so weird. It was like it was always getting rained on. It was just falling apart. It was mulch oh, just ready to be. It's it, it always something a little bit wrong with that tree. <laughs> I think it may have been always slightly diseased, but I had many nursery people come and look at it, and I had it treated again and again for something being wrong with it. But they there. never said what was wrong with it. They were happy to take my money. Was that tree still growing when I was there? Like, it's been the same size as long as oh, I remember. Oh, Is it still yeah. getting bigger? Poppy and I, we had a tradition. We planted a magnolia tree everywhere we lived. So everywhere we lived, we left 
a magnolia tree. Oh. The first one that we planted, we planted in Louisville, Kentucky, and I think on our fifth wedding anniversary. And so that tree, I think, is still in front of that house. And then we moved to um, we moved to Jacksonville, Florida, and we planted a little magnolia tree there. And then we moved to Cincinnati, Ohio. Oh, we planted a little magnolia tree there. And then we moved to Houston, and we bought two magnolia trees for 99 cents a piece, and they weren't any bigger than a, your finger. So that little tree, when you were climbing it, probably wasn't more than 10 years old. So it was a very small young tree when you were climbing it. Now it's a you know big old mature tree, but it's still not a huge tree. Oh, a kid, a... a kid would have a harder time climbing it now, because <laughs> you you know it'd be harder to get up to the front first yeah, branch. Yeah. But those two those two ninety nine cent trees are still there. Those are the best ninety nine cents you must ever spent, yeah. at least oh, for yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we always had a magnolia tree, and so. That's why that tree was there. It was a tradition that we had. I remember in the back, the tire horse. But that was swinging from a big oak. And that was a tire horse. It was really cute. They had taken a tire and shredded it up and cut it away. Cut it so it looked like a horse. And it was sort of hard for you to stay on. So Poppy drilled a hole through its head and put some handles from a broomstick so you would have something to hold on to. And then you could ride it, and you you could get it to go. You (laughs) You could put your feet down in the circle of the tire. Yeah. It was clever the way it was cut. It it really looked like a little horse's head, little ears. Totally remember that. It was a super fine little horse. And what I remember especially about that was that I was bitter that the tree that was hanging was too high to get into. I could you not know, climb that tree. You could not tree. climb that tree. There was no hope for that. As a great big oak. Yeah. And, and there was not a branch. Mm-mm. But, not a one. But the rope that the horse was on was very long, so you could get a good head of steam on that horse. Oh, yeah. You could get going. I, I, I do remember ro- rocking that yeah, horse. Yeah, you could do that. Why did it eventually have to come down? Well, the tree, the tree was blown over. I don't remember that. How did it happen there? When was that? Hurricane. Oh. Yeah, Ike, 2008. Eight. So you were, you know, you were three with a horse. Mm. But we still liked the horse. Yeah. But no one else particularly liked it. Not, none of the others ever played on it. Topper never got on it, mm. to my knowledge. Kenan didn't care much for it. And Claire, I, I don't even think she looked at it. She probably doesn't even remember it. But you wrote it. You liked it. It was a highlight of a Posse's house visits was getting to ride on that. Yeah, it was fun. You liked it. But you could climb on it. It was a little bit hard to climb on, you know. When you first started to ride, we had to lift you up on Mm -hmm. it because it was high. Mm -hmm. And I think that might have been what scared Kenan is it was a little high. If you took a tumble off that, you would have thumped on the ground. Yeah, it would not have been good. I remember that, yeah. But that was fun. Do you remember Posse's attic? The one in the garage? No, the one up oh, in... Oh, the, the toy closet. The toy closet. That's yeah. called Posse's Attic. Mm-hmm. 
There was the little penguin marching toy that yeah. Kenan now has in his apartment in his house. Yeah. I saw I was over at his house the other night. He, he said, has it there. Oh he my kept gosh, it. that's it. <laughs> and that was and just, he goes, when yep. the penguins went up. There was up on that floor, that floor I can imagine playing these games, up on the second floor of your house, you had this old phone closet. A little folding wooden door into the tiny little room, three feet by three feet, with a little wooden bench and a little wooden shelf and a phone book. And I imagine eventually, at one point, a phone. It was. It was a phone booth. And the fun part of the phone booth was it, it didn't have a solid door. And everybody thought that you couldn't hear. You know, that the adults could not hear what you were saying <laughs> to your friends on the, on the phone. <laughs> That you could hear. <laughs> there was not really a door there at all. <laughs> it was it was like blinds, you know. Yeah, just like a little, little wooden slats like yeah, there. Just a little door with some slats and wide open slats at the top. Well, who was talking to their friends on a little phone? Like I don't remember this is this wasn't me. By the time I was playing in there, there was no phone. Oh yeah, there's a phone in there still. When oh. I moved away there was a phone in what? there. A functional phone? A functional princess phone. A princess phone. Is that mm -hmm. what they're called? That's what they were called back in the day when we bought those phones. They plugged into phone jack and they were called princess phones and they just had a receiver and a very, and, and punch buttons. You didn't dial it. Mm, it wasn't even that old. It was replaced by a dial phone, mm. which was in there probably first. Oh. But this was an upgrade. So you had Prince's phone, but it's still in there. So that's what was in that phone booth. And, you know, kids would call their friends and secrets. Yeah. But you could hear the secrets. <laughs> <laughs> what are some of the best secrets you, you gleaned by accident? Uh, I don't know. I listened when I thought it was necessary. Most of the time I didn't. But sometimes I thought, I think I need to know about that. And so I would listen. So you caught, like, some secrets from Kathy and Terry and Reese. Well, perhaps. maybe we would say Reese would be the biggest offender. <laughs> How old was she at the time? I probably needed to know what she was up to most. Yeah. Mm. See, we moved there when she was 10, so from then on. Yeah. So, anyway, that was a phone booth. And everybody liked the phone booth. Phone booth, I sold the house. Phone booth was there. And, the, and Posse's Attic had many toys in it, which basically you like to drag out, and then that was that. Yeah. Most of the fun of it was to drag them all out. <laughs> Just leave them on the floor for and you to clean up Leave them later. on the floor. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I remember, so this is, this is a classic trope in my childhood. Um, I remember being very afraid of the actual closet. I don't remember liking it in there at all. I didn't like to go inside. I think in I, the attic. In the in the Posse's attic, I thought it was scary. Well, it was scary. It was yeah. a door behind a door, so you had to open the door, and then you went in there, and there was you know just like a little subfloor. Yeah, it was. Un and it was yeah. under the eaves. Yeah. And it was scary for a kid to go in there. Yeah, totally. It would so have been a great fort, but. Not for me. I was too no, afraid. It was brave of you to go in there and pull all the toys out. There was but, no way you'd put them back. Oh, no. It was too scary. You'd already done the challenge, which was to get them out. 
How about that? Don't worry, that's not all of Posse that we have, but that's all you get for now. You'll have to wait for the next episode. We've got plenty more. Thank you so much, Posse, for sitting down and making this with me, and thank you, everyone else who's listening. This has been Memoir. Goodbye from Seattle. See you again soon.